I'm Jen, she's Lex, and we are the Blatchelorettes. On this week's episode, we are covering episodes six and seven of the continued travesty that is Love is Blind season two, because honestly, at this point, I don't even know what the hell we're watching. It is very a lot. It's, yeah, girl. Do these people even like each other? That's my question. Like, <laughs> Do these people even like each other? Like, they seem to be getting in a whole ton of arguments for people who are supposed to be in the honeymoon stage of their relationship. But what do I know? We don't know anything, apparently, because who would have thought that someone would just walk out without a conversation? It's not like season one where Diamond and Carlton actually had a blow up that led to this. It was very much just, I didn't really feel like engaging with this man, so I'm just going to go back to Chicago. Bye. <laughs> like, who does that? Right. Or who walks away from someone mid conversation just because they won't compliment them? Who's just, you know what? I'm just done with this. I'm done with this. Uh, and who wants to marry that person i don't know i do not know but natalie seems to really love shane like she really loves him and it's interesting like how connected they are but how toxic their relationship is just based on this insecurity and i'm not saying natalie's perfect obviously she's not a perfect person because she's in love with shane but like obviously she must have her own shit that she's working through it just feels like the bulk of her time and presence is dedicated to shane's emotional bandwidth exactly exactly i don't know how i don't know why she loves him <laughs> what is she seeing natalie if you listen to this just come on our podcast and tell us what the fuck was up what did you see with that man <laughs> but uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves so we left paradise and they were in Chicago and Mal and Sal had had their discussion or whatever. So now we drop into, I think, Natalie and Shane. Right, Jen? Yes, yes. We jump right into Natalie and Shane and they are talking and she admits that she just realized that she is stubborn. And I was just like, we figured that out day one yeah. in the pods, but okay. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, is it you being stubborn the issue here? No, but for Shane, it's absolutely the issue, right? Because he keeps asking for words of affirmation and she's not giving it to him. So for him, the big issue is that she is stubborn and not giving in to his demands. But yeah, and then Shane makes her promise to never leave him. And I literally crawled inside and died on myself ew. when she agreed <laughs> to that. I was like, ew, ew no. Ew. That's gross. It's just why does she... You know what? I'm not going to ask questions that I don't know the answer to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know the answer to these questions either. I don't think any of us know except for Natalie and Shane because they were the two in the relationship. But yeah. I would never. I, I, I don't promise things that are outside of my control. That's not true. I promised someone I'd show up to an event and you know how it is when you wake up and you decide you're not going anywhere. Yeah, that's outside of my control. So yeah. that was a mistake on my part. <laughs> and so this whole conversation with them and they're talking about wedding planning. And I just... Shane says he wants to wear a tux cape. And we're like, what do you mean a tux cape? Like, I was racking my brain trying to figure out like tuxedo mask, like Sailor Moon. What the hell is he talking about? He means like a, a tailcoat. That's what he means. Like the old timey top hat with tailcoat sort of thing. That's what he means. The, the tux with the, the tail at the back, the long sweeping thing and then she was like this isn't bridgerton and i was like great product placement <laughs> good job netflix <laughs> good job but yeah i was struggling to understand what the fuck he even meant he was like i just have one request for the wedding i just want 
I want this tuxedo cape thing, the cape thing that they wear. I was like, what the fuck is this man on? Like, <laughs> half of the time, I'm just like, what the fuck is Shane? He's on the good stuff. That's what he's on. And I would like to know to who his supplier is. He has to be, because like half the time this man talks and does not make sense whatsoever. And then Natalie had to put up with that. So yeah, there's that. And then we go to Deep Tea and Shake, who are arguing about whether or not wasabi is a palate cleanser or not. It's, oh my God. These conversations are just so simple and casual. They, mm, how do I say this? Deep's talking about her mom being excited. Mm-hmm. She's with this, she's manifested this Indian man for her. Shake looks more uncomfortable than ever. Uh, just as usual, pretty much as usual. And then this thing with the, the soy sauce and the wasabi. And she says that wasabi is a palate cleanser. He's, no, it's the ginger, which. The answer is the ginger, guys, just in case you were not sure. The ginger is a palate cleanser. And so she has to plan a date for them as a result of losing this bet. But that's really all there is to say about their relationship, just Shake being himself and them being silly. Yeah, yeah. I was a little floored when she was like, no, the wasabi is a palate cleanser. I was like, what? Deep D, how long have you been eating shoe sushi? Like, what? You, everyone knows the ginger is the palate cleanse. In case y'all didn't know, the ginger is the palate cleanse. <laughs> like, like maybe the burning sensation is what she perceives to be maybe, a palate cleanser when you shove the wasabi in your mouth. All the flavor. But in case y'all don't know, you can mix wasabi in the soy sauce, dip the sushi in it. It's perfection. Okay. It I is. Some people say it's not supposed to be eaten that way. I don't care. I eat it the way I want to eat it. But once I did do something to my friend to traumatize him where I like used a spoon to pick up. <laughs> he, was just, he was so mad. Like every, I know how to use chopsticks. Just a reference, I know how to do it. But he was annoying me. He was really pissing me off. And I was just like, oh yeah, let me just grab this thing. And using your fingers, not so bad. That's palatable. But like using a spoon or a fork or a knife, just to stab something. <laughs> like it's... It makes people mad. Don't do that unless you want to make them mad. Just for reference. Keep it in your um, playlist of making people mad. I do have a playlist like that. Just so you know, if you guys want tips, I got you. So next we get to, I think Nick and Danielle, they, are they having an argument? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yes, they were. They, they literally were, but it wasn't like an argument. It was about what side of the bed to sleep on. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I was just like, why am I doing this? Disagreement about what side of the bed to sleep on. And then another conversation they had about Danielle and her issues. And I'm just like, is this going to be like this for the whole three weeks before the wedding? Is this what this is going to be like? And the answer is yes, by the way. Spoiler <laughs> alert. This is exactly what it's like for the whole three weeks before the they, wedding. I'm just like, what is enjoyable about their relationship? Like they're either... Danielle's either freaking out or they're talking about the fact that she freaks out. There's not, there's no in between. There's no none whatsoever. And I'm like, what? Do, what do either of these people get out of this relationship? It does not sound fun or peaceful or anything at all. But they both seem really certain that they really want to try to make this work. Like they really want to work at it. And I'm like, y'all knowing each other for two weeks. What? What you mean work? <laughs> you shouldn't be having yeah. to work. I feel the same way, but what do I know? If they're happy, I am happy for them. Shout out to y'all do whatever it is y'all gotta do. So we can just move on because all they did was just have this argument about her issues. This episode flies by very quick. (laughs) It does. So then Ayana and Jared are at Jared's house. 
and she's looking through his things and like touching his stuff and it's very adorable i love when they're on screen because you don't have to explain certain black references and certain jokes that they make whatever it's just blackity black all the time so as a black person watching it or people who have been around black people for the majority of your life this just makes sense to you yeah, like how they talk to each other their interactions it's perfect i love everything about it there is a point of tension that occurs while she's there because he has this very fancy watch holder that's personalized he's like with his name on it or his initials or something and it turns out an ex-girlfriend gave it to him for his birthday and mm -hmm. we know how ayana feels about exes so she was not happy about that speaking of blackity black references like you you knew jen you knew from the minute ayana was like who gave this to you and he was like huh listen that huh i was like oh it was an ex <laughs> oh it definitely wasn't i was like this is definitely not his mama or his sister it was exactly an ex. she like, called him out on it too she was like the way you replied i knew it was like an ex or something it's like when your parents tell you if you can huh you can hear it's exactly like that we all know that and it was so obvious he tried though bless his heart because he didn't want to upset her he wasn't like keeping it from her for any kind of like malicious reason he just didn't want to upset her because they'd already had this conversation about exes and presents from exes, et cetera. And so he even tried, he didn't even tell her it was for his birthday at first. He was like, oh yeah, an ex gave it to me. And then she was like, when? And he was like, for my birthday? And she was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is a meaningful gift. It's not just any yes. old gift, it's so meaningful. She didn't give it to you on a freaking Thursday. She gave it to you on your birthday. And he kept it. I think she might be a little, not confused, not necessarily insecure, but a little taken aback that he kept it. But I'm like, girl, if somebody's giving me an expensive ass thing that I'm actually using, I'm gonna use it. Like, I'm not throwing it away. Especially if it's like he likes watches and someone was thoughtful enough to give watch holder with his initials on it. It's I wouldn't expect him to throw to get rid of it. That's a nice ass gift. Yeah. Keep it. Listen, one of my exes gave me a jewelry box. I still have that shit. My jewelry is still kept in that. It's like a massive thing, it's brown. It's beautiful, gorgeous. I take it with me everywhere. I keep everything in it. Yeah. It's not personalized, so I don't have to answer any awkward questions. But what is mm -hmm. personalized is a bottle of liquor that he gave me, like in the years while I was being a flight attendant, and it's engraved on the back with like a little saying, like everything. Aww. Very special. Yeah. I haven't opened it yet because I'm saving it for a special occasion, like a day of really, really great debauchery or the day I meet Rodney in person, like whatever that day is, it's going to be special. I'm going to open it. <laughs> yes, definitely. Rodney, you got to open up this bottle of liquor with Jen and celebrate her ex giving it to her. <laughs> New beginnings. That's how it's meant to be. But they, they come out of this conversation fairly okay. Just so you, they're not arguing about it. And then they talk about their kids playing football because Jarrett played football when he was like in middle school, high school, whatever. There's a picture that he shows her of him in the eighth grade in his little football uniform. And she's very much like goo goo gagging over it. Like yeah. every black woman ever. When you see That's pictures really of your man cute. as a kid, very <laughs> cute. And so he was like, Oh, how do you think about our kids playing football? And she was like, uh, no, <laughs> I did it ball players before. And the answer is no. He was like, oh, I turned out fine. She was like, yeah, you're lucky. And I know she probably was cut from the head, but she's probably like, yeah, you're a big ass head. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know she talked about his big head in that moment and they just cut it out. I know it. I feel it. Cause I would do the same thing. Yes. God probably got a thick ass skull. Like I would never let my kids do football either. I'm so with her. It's just, what's the point? And then I think she said something about the people she had dated not being too bright. The ones who did football. Yep. 
She did say that. Sorry, guys. I was nodding and laughing at the same time. But yeah, she did say that. She was like, they're not that smart. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but she's the effects that come from playing full contact sports like that, even with the pads and the helmets, probably especially with the helmets, to be honest, like it is dangerous and it can have long lasting defects that are causing people traumatic brain injuries, like losing their ability to walk and speak properly. Like these things happen down the line. So she has a very genuine concern, by the way, just for people to understand. And I think that Jared also understands this. It's just that, you know, Football is kind of like a manly sport and he's like a man's man. So yeah, she ain't pregnant. So this is not an issue right now, but right, just something right. to think about for the future. And so then they get to talking about, or they don't talk about Mallory, but she brings up Mallory because she's still like a little insecure about not necessarily being his first choice. And Mallory was like a lot more established than she was and she's like in grad school and stuff. So that means like living with him means he would have to be taking on her as an expense, basically. And so she was a little, just talked a little bit about that. But I'm like, girl, just let that man take care of you. (laughs) Exactly. But I I understand it. Like later on when we meet her parents, we know this is, this is, she's not, she's trying to pull her own weight in this relationship in a different way. But yeah, she does ask, is that why you want to go with Mallory? Because she's more established than I am. Because also Jarrett was talking about kids in this moment. And he was like, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) she doesn't want to have kids right now, obviously, because she's trying to work on her master's and she's trying to be a doula and all this stuff. It would be a grave interruption to her schooling. No matter what any man says, like, I will take care of you. Can you carry this baby for nine months? Can you, can I take my belly off and give it to you with this baby in it whenever I need a break? Mm Because you can't. It's, it's a lot. So it's a very good conversation. The awkward moments with Mallory, again, it's still fresh off Mexico. So everything has just happened. So I give her some grace in this moment because of everything that happened. And after this, we don't, how do I say it? Okay. No, let me just say it from after Mexico happens, once they get back to Chicago, even in this conversation to me, it's obvious that Jared is all in on Ayana. Like I'm uncons like I'm concerned still because Mexico is still fresh in my head. But it seems like he immediately shot that down. He was like, I'm not even thinking about Mallory. Like I'm thinking about you and our future and our life together. And it wasn't even like in an over protesting sort of way. It was just like a this is where I'm at. I chose you because I love you. You have my heart. So mm-hmm. let's work on our relationship. Let's worry about us and not about Yeah, it's true. Honestly, after this moment where they have this conversation, we pretty much never hear them talk about Mallory ever again, which I was very surprised about, to be honest. So it did seem like he was all in. I thought there would have been this moment of, I don't know, should I talk to Mallory? But there, no, there wasn't. There was just, he was just like, yep, me and Ayana, we gonna get married. That gonna be my wife. And I was like, all right, sir. We'll see if she say yes. Because of course, when you get to the wedding part, both parties have to say yes for this wedding to happen. It's not just exactly. the one person. It's not a unilateral decision. So it's interesting. But don't worry. We're about to get to some exciting things that happens episode, guys. Don't worry. We talk about Jared and Ayana. They have very adult conversation, like boring for TV, great for their relationship. And then we get to Shayna, who keeps saying that she thinks she's meant to be with Shane, but she said yes to Kyle for a reason, quote unquote. And so she takes Kyle to meet her parents. And I just want to stop right here to say <laughs> that Kyle shows up with a bottle of Grand Marnier 
for her dad. And I was like, this is a very weirdly specific alcohol to bring to someone's house to meet their parents. And then a bottle of wine, like a bottle of rum or something like cultural. It's just like a bottle of Grand Marnier. Did her dad love Grand Marnier or something? That's very weird. And I think then, he did, honest. I think he, he might have remembered that her dad mm-hmm. did. It is a weird, very weird, weird. thing. And mm-hmm. then the flowers were not that great either. Like little grocery store flowers for her mom. And I was just like, who got really nice flowers and I'm jumping ahead, but Danielle's mom got really nice flowers from Nick. I don't even like, know what the flowers look like. He got what her like a, in a special planter and everything oh, like, yeah, f- yeah, to match yeah, her yeah. garden. That was nice. This yeah. was, it felt half-assed in a really weird way. Mm-hmm. I'm just assuming that her parents love these things and that's why he got them for her. But you know what they say when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. And don't worry, Cal makes an ass of himself. Oh my don't God. Worry. This was like the worst meeting the parents. First of all, it was like, Shayna, if you are so dead set on Shane, why are you letting this man meet your parents. I just, I'm like, girl, the whole time I was watching this, like, girl, why are you here? What are you doing? Why are you here? Why are you doing this? What, what is going on? And then you meet Shayna's family and they're all just like sitting there and I'm like, do these people like each other? It's so quiet. They're all very reserved, all very to themselves. Like they don't even really talk much to each other. And I'm like, these people don't like each other, do they? Like, they don't hang around each other like that. Nah. And it, mm-hmm. they, the more they talk, the less I like them, to be honest with you. Yeah, them just sitting there, totally fine, boring-looking white family. I'm okay with that. But then they open their mouths. First of all, Shayna's mom is just staring at them because Shayna can't even sit next to Kyle. Like, they're sitting on the same couch, but there's, like, a foot of space between them. Yes. And they're not yes. leaning into each other. There's no cues that they even care about each other. So there's no. that's the first thing. And then the conversation with the dad and the siblings, because Kyle's in construction. He's a glazer, which is something to do with windows. So (laughs) they asked him, like, what's the tallest building he's ever worked on? And, oh, so he likes danger. Oh, do you play sports? And Kyle's like, nah, not really. I think he said that he does dirt bikes or dirt dune, dirt dune bugging thing. Something to do with wheels in the dirt. Okay, he does that. And the brothers are like, oh, yeah, okay, that sounds great. We can do that. That's great. And then they ask, are you a godly man? And he was like, what does that mean? And I'm like, Kyle, are you actually this stupid or are you trying to make a joke in this moment? Because this is an inopportune time for a joke. Oh, Lord. It was just... And then they explain, what, like being godly, being an American or some shit? I was like, oh, we already yeah. know who these people are. We know exactly hear, who I they are. Hear not one more word. Mm-mm-mm. We know exactly who they voted for. We know exactly what party they're registered in. We know exactly what they believe. Like, I don't need to hear <laughs> not one more thing. And so Kyle drops the bomb. He's like, yeah, no. I don't believe in that shit. Not like that, but. <laughs> but like that. And then they were like, oh, so would you like, are you willing to learn about your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? And he's like, yeah, I, I, I can do it. And then they were asking all these questions about his relationship with Shayna. And they were also making fun of Shayna. I'm not going to lie. Her her brothers were roasting her as well because he was like, we, we have to work on our communication. And then Shayna's like, yeah, I left him in Mexico. Her family is just like, yeah, that's Shayna. You got to get used to that. And I was like, this sounds like a bad idea. It was already a bad idea from the second you proposed. And she said, yes, but it's just getting worse and worse as time goes on. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. I don't like this entire interaction, but it is very obvious to her family that she does not like this man. 
And it's very obvious to her family also that there's something not quite right about this man and his interactions with her because Kyle's also acting hella weird. Like he's very weird in this interaction. And I, I can imagine it's super awkward, but also I was like, are you okay? Did you fall or something? Like are you, even his behavior was just out of the weird behavior he usually has, if that makes sense. I just think it was just like how awkward it was because the family didn't seem that close. And then Shayna didn't seem that close to him. And it was just a cold room overall and i feel like he was trying to lighten the mood and they were all very much like dead face dead stare watching every little minuscule thing like Shayna could barely even touch him like it was like this is not how people act when they're about to get married like when you're about to get married you don't act like you barely want to touch the person you're with yeah i don't know like, unless it was for other reasons but i just i don't know I, I was like this is so obvious and i was like i could tell shana's mom's just seeing through all of this like my girl don't like this man what the fuck is he here for exactly exactly like lex and i have more physical chemistry than these people do like, <laughs> like if you put lex and i in a room together we'd be all over just like oh my god it's been so long there'd be hugs there'd be all these things and these people who are engaged and supposedly in love are just sitting there with the river nile between them yes. just like on opposite sides of the banks just like sitting there like and yeah. they're not even doing the part of the experiment where they're living in the same apartment like all the other couples are living in the same apartment and they aren't so you would expect for them to be like oh my god i haven't seen you in a while da, 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 da. no just so i was like yeah i don't believe none of this for a second i think shana was just trying to mm -hmm. get her screen time and move the fuck on and Cal's just I'm sorry Cal I think he's an idiot I'm not gonna lie he's an idiot who's also probably trying to get screen time as well because he can't yeah. be that dense not to know that she doesn't like him just yeah. saying yeah I refuse yeah I refuse to believe it I refuse to believe it he probably was just like you know what they, she still wants to entertain me I still want to be on TV let's do it let me act like I still want to <laughs> oh, no, I mean girl. baby but then by contrast the next scene we go to nick meeting danielle's family and oh their God. interaction is so different like i mean her family is also my favorite <laughs> like out of most of the ones that we met don't get me wrong all of the families are great except for shana's family and for we never meet cal's family because what would be the point i don't say at this point that would just be cruel danielle's family they love nick so it's her mom her dad and her, her dad or her stepdad I think it's her dad, her mom, her dad, her brother, her and her dad. sister. Is it? her mom? Because remember, her her mom and her dad divorced, and Nick's yes, yeah. Her. So yeah. her mom, her stepdad, her brother, and her sister, and it's just obvious the body language. They're like sitting next, like pressed thigh to thigh against each other, holding hands. Like it's obvious. Like she's leaning into him, he's leaning into her. It, there's no question in your mind that they genuinely like being close to each other and mm -hmm. then her family slip into the raunchy jokes and that's great yeah. too <laughs> but it's obvious like her family like they actually talk to each other and like each other too because they're all and they're interested in danielle and they're interested in her life and they're interested in nick and they're firing just like all these her mom's just like guns blazing question 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 just like, i like her mom for that i did like her mom i did think she had a little bit too much wine but you know nothing's wrong with that <laughs> well remember when her mom okay so there's a point where the guys go fishing and nick has to catch a fish to be in with the family and be cool and the girls are doing the cooking they're working on some kebabs on the grill and thing and 
Danielle's mother says to her, you're a lot. Like, you're a yes. lot. <laughs> to do. Like, it's a, you're like I'm me. a lot too. <laughs> I'm a lot too. But I'm just saying that you are also a lot. It was so was funny. funny. I was like, damn. Like, Danielle's mom has zero filter. And just be calling her the fuck out. You gotta love it, though. You gotta love it. Her mom you do. was Come on, they were not afraid to ask questions. Like there, so there's an age gap between Nick and Danielle. Danielle's 28, Nick's 36. So our mom was like, "So how come you ain't never been married?" People who reach that age usually have a little bit of commitment phobia. What's going on? I'm like, "Damn." She's like, "I majored yep. in psychology. I can read people." I'm like, "All right." But then we get to the funniest part of the evening when they start asking about their sex life, and yeah. then they're all just like prying into Nick and Danielle's sex life like around the table and I was like wow I would never go here with my family like I would be <laughs> I would feel so awkward if this was me think of it this way like Nick has been the ITM tea spiller this whole time so for him this should just be normal you've been telling strangers about your sex life for like over a week now at this point why but I guess it is weird because Nick does say that his family is more reserved in comparison to her family. So he enjoys her family. He thinks they're great, but it's also like a interesting dynamic for him coming from not the same situation. So mm-hmm. when the brother was like, so what's your sex life? Sex is very important in a healthy relationship. And Danielle's mortified and Nick is like, uh, and then her dad is stepdad. Yeah, you're right. It is very important. So tell us what is it? Yes. Like sitting there looking at them. Like, so why aren't you talking about the sex life? What's happening? I'm, it's so weird. Like, why aren't you telling us these things about your personal genitals? Like, why not? <laughs> and it's like her brother and sister are right there. It's, it's like her mom, her stepdad, her brother, her sister, like her whole immediate family is there. Like, yes, tell us about it. Tell us about her, your sex life. I forgot the brother asked something. I forgot what the brother asked. And it was like, why would you need to know that? Did he ask if they were like satisfied or something? It was like, yeah, something. It's like, why do you need to know those details, sir? Yeah, but- this is your sister. Like- <laughs> it, it is. But all in all, the meeting goes great. Like you can tell they really love Nick. They think he cares for her a lot. They're probably more concerned that he's going to leave her because they can see that she's all in. So the mom was just like, yeah, I'm all in on this guy. He seems really great. They're going to be really happy together. Now we go back to Natalie and Shane, where Natalie takes Shane to her apartment, her very crisp, clean, Mm -hmm. white apartment. And she keeps talking about how good looking he is in the ITMs. And I'm very perplexed at all times. Girl, you like it. I love it. Like I said, shout out to you. Shout out to your life. Girl, what is attractive about that man? Like, he just looks crazy and crazy. Every time I look at him, he just has these wild ass eyes. And I'm like, and he twitches, like moves his head around. He's trying to bite a scratch or something. Yeah. What is attractive about that man? so weird and natalie has this apartment it's great they're talking about home ownership are they gonna get a is this one bedroom gonna be big enough for the two of them because i guess he'd be moving out of his same thing with ayana ayana would be moving out of her place because she rents and jared owns i think his condors something like that so it's okay so how are we gonna do this thing is this one bedroom apartment okay for us and shane's like absolutely not you work from home this would just immediately become too small of a space. It's a nice place for just you or for just me, but for us together building our life, it's not going to work. So then this conversation about money comes up where they're talking about renting a two bedroom. Then Natalie's like, maybe we should just buy one because we'll be married. It makes more sense like to pool our resources and that way we can save towards our like 401k and stuff. And 
Shane says he doesn't look at finances and he doesn't believe in 401ks and that he spends over $2,000 a month on Uber Eats. And I'm like, this man is just no plan, just vibes, just no plan. And he's supposed to be a realtor. So he's supposed to know the importance of real estate and saving and buying a place. But no, this man said no plan, just vibes. But hey, I can't hate on him too much because that's my plan right now. But I do know the importance of a 401k, and I will get to that later. I just I need some time to get my shit together. But I know yeah. how important it is. But this man said, eh, yeah. what's saving? But like also 2000 plus, because he said at least like 2K. Because it also seemed like he was underselling how much he spent on Uber Eats in a yeah. month. Like I was like, listen, I can understand if you're ordering large meals from Uber Eats, like from your fancy restaurants, whatever in Chicago, 50 bucks on a large meal on Uber Eats. Cause of course the tip delivery fees, all that stuff. That makes sense. But spending $2,000 a month means that you literally would have had to order almost the entire month, every single day Yes. to spend this money. If you're spending like $50 a pop, mm-hmm. like, it sounds like he buys literally every meal from Uber Eats, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Because if you average, let's say, $50 a day Uber Eats, that's still $1,400 a month. There's still another 600 <laughs> missing. So this man probably orders every single meal. And I'm like, that's, that is a huge red flag because it says to me this man has zero interest in taking care of himself. Zero interest yeah. in cooking a meal, zero interest in saving money. It's just, I'm going to do what feels good right this second and fuck everything else. And Natalie mm-hmm. was like, my mom's the breadwinner, so I'm not opposed to being the breadwinner in my family. I'm like, girl, but that's different. Like, your dad took care of you. Can you imagine Shane taking care of kids? The man can't cook. Like, what? Obviously, he cannot cook. He cannot feed your infant child Uber Eats, okay? Like, exactly. I don't even... <laughs> exactly. I don't get it. The in... whole conversation was just such a red flag. It's just such a contrast to see Natalie in her apartment, and it's crisp, and it's nice. It's beautiful, gorgeous just decorated very well organized and then Shane and he's like yeah I don't really plan I spend two thousand dollars a month on food I ain't got no 401k like it's like Natalie you sure like girl the red the flags are in your face girl they're in your face yeah I don't know how she's still with him but you know what we press on to our other red flaggy couple right now Mal and Sal because I don't there was just something not sitting right with me. And if you guys watched my IG recap, you can see there's something weird happening here. Because the fact that Sal brought up the Jarrett situation once they were back in Chicago, I was like, this is so far away. Why are we doing this now? But it, it's okay, I guess. So Malvador goes to meet Sal's sisters at their apartment. They seem to really like Mallory. She see, they seem nice. And Sal tells them that like Mallory was involved with someone else like in the pods which I thought was a very weird thing to do by the way super awkward considering everything that they've just talked about and what has happened Mm -hmm. and so the sisters are like who is it what's going on and she was like oh yeah there was someone and Sal's like what's his name and I'm like yes I was like Sal is messy as fuck like they don't even know even if she said his name they wouldn't even know like why did you throw her under the bus like that like 
Then she was like, yeah, there was someone else I was talking to. And, and he was like, who was it? <laughs> like, he don't know. No, girl. Yeah, it was just messy. And the sisters want the hot gossip because they think it's fun. But it just felt ick to me they brought it up. And obviously, like, you guys can't see Lex's face, but I get it. It, it feels weird to her, too. It's just ick. It's just odd. And then when you look at their body language, they seem close, definitely closer than fucking Shayna and Kyle, but not as close as Nick and Danielle. Because that's one thing I also watched, like with the meeting the parents montage thing is happening. Like, how do they look like physically together in this space in front of other people from the real world? Mm. And they were close, but not that close. But don't worry. I mentioned Nick and Danielle. We're going to come back to them. Oh, guess where? Guess where we're going to find them? Guess where we're going to find them? In an argument. <laughs> of course, in a fucking argument. And it's about meeting her family, which you th- we know it went great. We know it went great. What could they possibly be arguing about? Danielle wanted to debrief in the car about the meeting of the family thing. And Nick had some personal stuff going on with his family and with some friends. And so he was responding to text messages. I wanted to talk about that. And she felt slighted that he didn't want to share in her excitement at how well the meeting went with her family and this was the most frustrating argument because it's like why are y'all arguing that this is not an argument this is not something to be arguing over i was just like danielle what the fuck because they seem to be having a nice time and then it just devolved like to a full-blown argument where all of a sudden danielle wasn't sure anymore because nick didn't seem to care about her because he didn't respond immediately to how well like that meeting her family went because he had other shit going on because he didn't immediately just drop his other shit to make her feel good and it was like sir the red flags are in your face too like it's wild because when you think about it it means that he would have ignored his phone and his family and their drama all day to spend time with her family so him now taking this time to take some time back to be like I had a really great time with your family, but this is what's been going on with me and her taking this to me that he doesn't care. And like, there's something he says out of anger, which I was like, you get her, Nick, where he was like, do you ever think the world doesn't revolve around you? And I was like, yes, that's what it is. It is main character syndrome. She is fully convinced the world revolves around her and that Mm -hmm. everything is an attack against her and a slight against her. And then she calls him a narcissist. And I was like- (laughs) Nick is the furthest thing from a narcissist girl. If anything, she has narcissistic tendencies more than he does. Cause she thinks everything is a personal slight against her. And it's girl, that's just insecurity. That's just insecurity. You need to grow the fuck up, grow up, grow up. I'm begging you. Like, this man dealing with his real life shit has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with how he feels about you, girl. He's just trying to get his shit together. This was yeah. so frustrating to watch. <laughs> I w- their entire relationship is frustrating to watch. Like, it's from Mexico much. till now, like, from episodes, was that episode three, four, five? Actually, no, we saw them episode, I think, four for the first time. So all that has just been frustrating. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck's happening, but I don't mm-hmm. like it. And I think we should just round out their story first, just before we get into like the other bits that happen at the end of the episode, just because I don't want to have to come back to talking about them and arguments again after this. I'm just being honest. I don't want to talk about them anymore. I just want to talk about their thing. So then it shows like later on in the episode where he's apologizing and talking about he didn't mean to invalidate that experience. He just had his stuff going on and he was frustrated about that and he's sorry. And she's just icing him out. And I'm just like, okay, 
And then eventually she recognizes her faults and apologizes, like eventually. As usual. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, like when you see the body language and stuff, she's trying to like still hold him accountable for her feelings. And that's not exactly. how that works. You know that's what? That that's a great summary. It's she keeps trying to hold him accountable for her feelings. And she doesn't understand like her feelings are her responsibility. It's just, I feel this way because you made me do it. You made me feel insecure because you did this and you did this and this was your fault. And my emotions are completely at your control, which yeah. is so unhealthy, girl. So unhealthy. She's just behaving very oddly. I don't. And she does explain it in a couple episodes down the line. Don't worry. She does talk about why she has been this neurotic and erratic. And I, I know this must be stressful. You go and you disappear into the pods, meet someone, you're trying to get to know them like in real life and match that with who you know in the pods. Then you come back to the real world where you have your job that you have to be doing and trying to figure out, you have to plan this wedding because they're also doing their own wedding planning. They don't really show this on the show, but they're doing your own wedding planning like with the help of the show. Mm -hmm. But like planning this whole thing together, you may have a venue, but you still need to pick the food, the, the drinks, like invitations, all this stuff. It's very wild. like. Planning a wedding in one month of this magnitude, even if it's only like 50 people, is still hard work. So it's stressful. Yeah, it's stressful. But girl, it's not an excuse. Anyway, who do we have next? I think it's Deeps and Shake next, where we find out some interesting things. I think they go to meet her parents. They go to meet, yes. We find out some very interesting things. So first of all, in case no one on the planet remembers, Deep T and Shake have never dated brown people before. They have purely dated white people. This is their first brown relationship. And every time they say it, I cringe so hard. But yeah, so this is the first guy Deep T has taken home to meet her parents. She was in a relationship before for six years, but that person never made it to meet her parents. So in her family, you only bring people home to meet your parents when you're ready to get married. So that's why she's taking Shake. Otherwise, she just wouldn't take a boyfriend to go meet her parents. So she does. She takes Shake to go meet her parents. Her parents are really cool. They've been married for decades, like... All of her family, I, I get the sense that her family is like very protective of her, very loving, very nurturing. They know exactly who she is, exactly how valuable she is as a person, exactly how like wonderful she would be as a partner. And so they're looking at Shake like, okay, so what are you doing? <laughs> what you bring into the table? <laughs> and I love that for them. They seem like great people. And Shake was like, you know what? I'd be lucky to marry into this family. I was like, yes, Shake, you would be lucky. You would be yep. very lucky. Now, like her family is wonderful, like her brother, her sister, her sister-in-law, like her parents and the parents love story is so sweet. I was even tearing up there. I was like, listen, protect Deep T's parents at all costs. Okay. If any couple has to survive this season, it should be Deep T's parents. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, it's, they're so wonderful. So loving. They love their daughter so much. And it's so obvious. And I just, yeah, my note literally says her family is so lovely and Shake doesn't deserve it. (laughs) That's literally my note about this whole encounter. Shake does not deserve it. He doesn't. So Deep T's dad is actually so precious because he remembers the year, month, day, and time that he got married to Deep T's mom. So many men are so pressed 
to even remember their anniversary, to remember how long they've been married for. And he was like, he remembered down to the time. I was like, wow, I've never seen a man like that. Never. They make him different. They make him different. Yeah. And so I was very happy to see that though. That was, it definitely shows that Deep T has seen good modeled relationships yes. of what love is and what mm -hmm. a good romantic marriage can look like. And of course the mother admits this was an arranged situation. This was arranged. It wasn't like a, we were a love match. This was an arrangement that happened and we grew into this like friends. So can ultimate friends to lovers like within a marriage. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and I cannot imagine my life without this person because he takes care of me and he supports me. The mm -hmm. matter remembers the time that y'all got married. Okay. <laughs> the time. Okay. Yeah, of course he does. And it seems like Deep T's brother also treats her sister-in-law very well. So just great positive examples of love and relationships all around. And I think this is where you start to see her wanting that and recognizing that it's missing with her and shake even though she's aware of this it's different like in the pods like in mexico and in mexico like to be around him and the other couples but to be confronted like with her family she's so excited about making this work with shake because she knows that this thing can grow bigger than what it is right now but you can also tell that she's very aware of what's missing especially with how shake reacts to her parents not in a bad way but you can also feel that he is not trying to genuinely be a part of the family. It's more performative, so to speak. Mm, I didn't pick up on that, but glad you did. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, listen, I just, I was watching him very closely because I, I watched the episodes twice to reverse. So I watched the first time then I watched back to make notes. I'm making notes like this body language, like his big speech at the table. I was like, why was this necessary for you to make yourself center of attention in this moment? It wasn't. Why are you putting on a show? What is this about? So that that's why it, it comes to me. And mm -hmm. we see it like later, like when we get to like episode seven and all that stuff, mm -hmm. but that's fine. So we're done with Shake and Deep D for now. Now let's go to Kyle and Shayna. Let's wrap that shit up because don't worry guys, it ends in this episode. They end in this one. It's they fine. They stop torturing us. So Kyle, I think they're like walking and talking and Kyle's, we should do the next part of this experiment. We should move in together. And I've never seen two people on such opposite sides of the spectrum because this woman clearly wants nothing to do with him. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? I can't marry you. I just, I can't do it. And he's what? Oh my God. He's, oh my God, you led me on and stuff, which she totally did. She totally did to just be on yep, camera. She did. <laughs> but then the reason she gives that she needs a man to spiritually lead her she needs a spiritual leader and i i literally wrote it down i'm like he says let's move it together and she said let's break up and talks about wanting a man to spiritually lead her and she admits she's been doubting from the pods that's the other thing too she admits that she was doubting even before she oh, said yeah. yes to the engagement and so i was like so it's just bad and he's like why did you say yes to me and she's he's like i've already promised that i will convert to christianity she's like yeah but i need more i need a man who's already in the faith to spiritually lead me and i was like where on your back girl what are you talking exactly. about i don't understand <laughs> I need a man to spiritually lead me. But she was talking about what she was wearing every night in the pots with Shane. Come back. He was leading you spiritually? That's what he was doing? Funny. I didn't know spiritual leaders talked about fucking you. That could just be me. <laughs> I didn't. This is a church that obviously I'm not a part of. But shout out to you for recognizing exactly. what you're looking for in a man. <laughs> and then the worst part is that they splice an ITM with her talking about how she's still in love with Shane. And she still has these feelings for Shane. And that she just, she really wanted to work between her and Shane. And I'm like, 
this recording better have been like old, okay? Because I don't know why you'd splice it in here otherwise. Because <laughs> the drama, the drama. Also, I, I think they're trying to get across that she was basically leading Kyle on so she can stay in the process and meet Shane again, see Shane again, which kind of happens, but it's still gross. It's still fucking gross. I don't know. It's, it's It was so obvious that she like led Kyle on, and so he, he didn't take too well to that info, so they split up. Finally, final buckley, my God, she's still terrible. Still terrible. Yeah. Anyway, so then mm-hmm. it's time for them to have a little meetup with the other cast members and so everybody comes even the people who didn't make connections in the pod get to be there so Shane is there what's what's his name Shane's there Natalie's there everybody so we're like ooh Kyle wasn't there so let me tell you so Kyle wasn't there so all the couples went even the ones that are broken up except for Kyle so Kyle didn't show but you had Hasib who was the Pakistani guy we never got to see on the show really Mm -hmm. you have Vito who was like I think I want to say he's a pizzeria owner, but am I just saying that because he reminds me in a nicer way of Peter from The Bachelorette? I cannot say. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Vito just sounds like a pizza guy, and I'm not saying this to be like whatever. It just sounds like, he just sounds like the kind of guy who would own a pizza joint that actually yeah. has good food. Just saying. And, and then, I believe you. Shayna is there. Julie, who is the other Indian woman that we never got to see on screen. Like, we didn't see her at all. And then Hope, who was the plus-size white woman. She was also there. Chastity, who was a plus size black woman, was not at this event. Just for mm. reference of people that I recognized in the photos. Mm. But yes, they're all hanging out like on the beachy lake thing, whatever they got in Chicago. That's where they're at. The lake? And, mm-hmm, sure. I believe you. I'm like the, the beachy lake thing. That's a big part yeah. of Chicago. <laughs> yeah, that. They were there. Shout out to them. But we, it's interesting like when Shayna shows up with, I think she shows up with Hope and Julie. Or they probably just walked in together. But then there's some stuff that you hear that she said to Natalie, like on the phone talking about, if it doesn't work with you and Shane, I have a man for you. Like I was like, girl, why would you say that? And then remember, this is also Shana's first time meeting everyone in person. She hasn't met anyone in person prior to this. Right. So So it was very weird. It was very weird for her to say to, did she say it to, she said that to Natalie, right? Not to Shane. Yeah, she she was talking to Natalie on the phone and said that to Natalie. And I was like, I got a a man for you, girl. I'm not gonna lie, it sounds like something I would say, but I know like she said it in like a malicious way, you know? Yeah, like she's trying to- Fuck off my man so I can- Exactly, very weird, but then like, Nick was like, Shana's my best friend in the pods. He said that when they were in Mexico, so he was looking forward to meeting her. So he's like, oh yeah, Shana, they hug and stuff. And then he and Danielle are standing there and Nick is talking shit about Natalie to Shana about how Natalie doesn't want to like leave Shane said she's like all over Shane and it's so awkward like he couldn't even talk to Shane without her being there like all this really weird stuff and I'm like Nick is a shady bitch I already told y'all he's, he petty. he's a messy ass fuck that's exactly messy what he is bitch who lives for the drama that's exactly what he is Nick mm-hmm. is allergic to minding his business <laughs> Listen, like he'd probably die if he had to mind his own business. I swear to God. <laughs> he he's the one. Supply. <laughs> he's driving this whole plot along. To be honest, he's the one driving this storyline along. When Shayna shows up, Shane already knew about what Shayna had said because Natalie had told him from 
before when the call even happened. So seeing her there has brought things to the forefront. Shane is like, hey, Shane, let's talk. So they go to talk. And this is when things also go sideways because Shane is like, why would you say that to Natalie? Like, why would you tell her that? And Shane is like, I never said that. Actually, I did say that, but she took it out of context. It was just a joke. It's not my fault. She can't take a joke. And then it turns into her telling Shane that she thinks that he and Natalie's relationship is fake and that they have nothing in common. It will never work out. Yeah. And I was like... And she seemed very adamant. It's like, girl, how you know? Like, you know more than them, apparently. Because even though you've been haven't been around them like at all, because you left fucking Mexico. So, <laughs> where is this info coming from? Honestly, Listen, so weird, so wild. And Shane is sitting there shocked as hell because the conversation was going pretty well up until this point. When she starts saying, oh, like you and Natalie will never work out. Like you guys are not compatible at all. It's obviously a fake relationship. And he was like, why would you say that? And that's actually how we end the episode with her saying these horrible things to Shane about his relationship with Natalie (laughs) and him being there like, girl, what? And it's okay. So yes, you like this man, but how is talking shit about his relationship going to make him want to be like, oh, you know what? I want to be with that girl who's talking shit about my fiance and our relationship. Yes, that's who I belong with. Girl, you do not know how to steal a man. She has never, ever been able to do successfully. Tell me why. Without just throwing her vagina at someone. And this is not a, sh- it's not a shaming. This is me just saying she doesn't have the skills necessary no. to like really steal a man. Because everyone knows you can't make a joke to the man's woman about setting her up with someone else Mm-mm. and then tell him that the relationship is fake. That's not how you further your cause. That's how you turn him off. Look, Shayna, if you want to know how to steal a man, let us know. We will give you classes. We'll charge you like $5,000 a session. But you will successfully be able to steal a man. Trust us. You will. (laughs) Trust me. We know how this goes. But that's episode six. Like, it ends there. Shayna has no idea how to steal a man. Danielle is still being herself. Nick is a messy bitch. (laughs) Shayna and Natalie, I guess, are happy together. Deep tea yeah. is lovely. Her parents are great. Shake mm-hmm. is the same. Yeah, and Shane <laughs> and Cal are done. So what is your sweet moment from this episode? If you can think of one. I'm going to say, oh, my sweet moment. I'm going to say my sweet moment is Danielle's mom. <laughs> she obviously had too much wine, but I loved it. I loved her. I think she's great. She is such a big personality. And I thought her family was just like really refreshing to see on screen. And they brought, I'd actually brought out, I feel like a good side of Danielle I was like oh okay like her family's cool so what went wrong (laughs) but that's I'm gonna say that's my sweet moment what's your sweet moment Jen my sweet moment is actually probably gonna be Ayana again actually no I lied it's Deep T's parents it's Deep T's parents actually oh yes damn it yeah it's actually Deep T's parents because Ayana was like my close second just because of how like she was being like hella black, super nosy in Jared's house, like touching his stuff and looking through his shit, which is the same thing that we, we all do. Like we yes, all do that. I do that like, too. <laughs> when she was every, doing it, I was like, yeah, this is totally normal. Like, why wouldn't you do this? <laughs> every black woman knows this. This is totally normal. And he's standing right there watching and he knows this is normal as well. Cause what are you going to do? Tell her not to look there. <laughs> exactly. Weird she ass. <laughs> so deep parents love them. Love her dad, especially that love and support that tender, loving care. Mm. Amazing, amazing. Yes, yes. I loved Deep Deep's dad. I'm going to say that's my sweet moment, too. (laughs) The fact that he remembered the (laughs) exact time they got married, it was just, it just, it blew me away. I was like, wow, men like this exist? Like, that's crazy. Agreed. 
Agreed. So what was your sour moment? Sour moments. Anytime Shayna was on my screen, to be honest with you, like I just. Yeah. So the whole 15 minutes then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, the sour moments change between Shake, Shayna and Shane every single week. This week, Shayna just took the cake because she was such a fucking asshole and her family was not endearing. And I was like, I do not want to see her or any of her family on my screen ever again. So, yeah. That's my sour moment. What's your sour moment? My sour moment is going to be Shayna, but specifically Shayna at the beach party with her little fake ass shit. Like that, I don't like. I mean, her and Kyle, I'm just kind of like, eh. But like the beach party was just so egregious because I'm sure they were talking for a while before this whole thing even happens. And to call the relationship fake, I'm just like, girl, you're not even here. You don't even exist in this world. You didn't even stay in Mexico. You didn't even live with Kyle, like in the same building that everyone else lives in. Girl, no, this is not for you. No, but yes, she knows. She knows more than anybody, apparently. Apparently, she knows the exact ins and outs of their relationship. And it's like, girl, how you just come in here so brazen like this? and tell some tell this man his relationship is fake and you want him it's not gonna make that's not gonna make him want you it are not it are not <laughs> anyway episode seven we're still on the lake we're still on the lake <laughs> episode seven and what else happened on the lake it was so there was that Shayna and shane weirdness and then Something else happened on the lake, right? Oh, Sal and Jarrett. Sal and Jarrett. That is a thing that really, ugh. I tell you, Sal is really grinding my gears at this point because he goes to Jarrett and like talks about the conversation in Mexico. Okay, just for reference, this beach party is happening two weeks before the wedding. Two weeks. So they've been back at least for one week from Mexico, at least. And so now he's had to confront Jarrett about the things that Jarrett said. And Jarrett's, I was never trying to steal her from you or anything like that. It was never like a, oh, you should have chosen me because I would do this. It was never, which is a lie. Just this spice in the moment where he says <laughs> that I would have gotten the gold ring for you. That's yeah. why I did. But Jarrett is pretty much, I don't even want Mallory. No, like I love Ayana. I'm with Ayana. I'm sorry you feel that way, bro. I'm with my woman. She's going to be my wife. So we good or what? <laughs> But I, Sal, you could talk about this in Mexico. You had ample time in Mexico to talk about this. You could have talked about this when you got back to Chicago because everyone's living, those apartments are all in the same building, okay? Like they're all in the same building, the couple's apartments. You could have just gone to him or met up with him outside of this moment and been like, hey, let's talk about this thing. But Sal obviously keeps waiting until the most inopportune moment to bring up grievances that he's had from some time before that everyone thought he was over. Because they talked about it in Mexico, and then they talked about it when they got to Chicago. And so, like, he's bringing it up a week later, and then it's like, Sal, I don't know. I feel like, I personally feel like Sal has a guilty conscience, and he was just like, this is the issue, not me. But we will get to that. <laughs> we will get yeah, to that. Yeah, no, we like will. Next it's weird. It's wild. And then, so this is all going on. Sal and Jarrett seem to part cool or whatever. And then Shane is telling Natalie <laughs> what was said. 
by Shayna about their relationship being fake. And she's like, I don't think that. Do you think that? He was like, no, I have no idea where she's getting this from. And this is the first time I'm on Shane's side, like ever. So <laughs> let's just relish yes. this moment for a second. <laughs> the first and like only time. Other than when he was hyping Natalie up in the pods. That was the only other time I yeah. recall being on his side. It was just like him telling Natalie, you'll celebrate yourself. I was like, okay, he fooled me for all the two seconds. But then that was it. <laughs> But yeah, it's just Natalie's his fiance. And Shane, no matter what happened, once he proposed to Natalie, that was it. I never saw him like really looking at anyone else. Even no. the night at, in Mexico, it wasn't even like he was staring at any of the other women or like looking out for Shane or anything like that. He was just zeroed in on Natalie or like, hanging out with the guys. And that was totally fine. But it's obvious that Natalie and Shane are never going to be friends. Like, not ever. <laughs> after everything that happened. And that... Shane doesn't seem to really care too much about her in this moment either. But yeah, I'm which I was really surprised, to be honest, because I thought he would have entertained her a little bit or because in the pods, he was like, even though he was talking to Natalie and was serious about Natalie, he was still like entertaining Shayna because it was somebody to like flirt and get your rocks off with. So I honestly thought he would have done that. But no, nah, he does. He does seem if that, if there's and if there's one good thing to say about Shane is that he does seem dead set on Natalie. So I don't know if that's good or bad, though, to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't know if it's that know. great. But that's pretty much the end of the beach party. And then now we're back in the real world again. And we have Nick and Danielle. And oh, I think I just want to, do I want to just group all the Nick and Danielle stuff together? Maybe. Possibly. Not much there's only two scenes with them, I think. Yeah. This yeah. entire episode. We, so we can talk about both of them, like, really quickly. Um, she goes to his apartment, right? Yes. She goes to his apartment. He has a lot of stuff. She also has a lot of shit, <laughs> which we're going to see is a problem with them blending their lives together mm -hmm. going forward. Like he has a dog. She has a cat. The dog loves her, by the way. The dog is obsessed with her, which I absolutely love that. The but... dog is so cute. Like Nick's dog is so cute. I love his dog. Yeah. His cat yeah. is cute too, actually. Actually, yes, Very they cute. both have cute pets. Cute cat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also, Ayana has a cat, which only shows up like briefly, like in its really? entire arrangement. Miss Mama, yes. What? I, I think Miss. I can't remember if Miss Mama shows up in episode seven or eight, but there is a point where Jared's like rubbing the cat's head, like in the apartment. Miss Mama, that's her name. But so Nick and Danielle trying to figure out how they're going to merge their lives together because she's telling him about her apartment and all the stuff she has, and he's like very. Not OCD, but like very organized, very clean, like very, everything has to look a certain way and be in its place. And so when they were talking about like her and her, whatchamacallit, her things, kit things, garage band, whatever, what is it called? The drum instruments kit? for the, yeah, her like drum kit for like games and stuff like that just yeah. being out. And he was like, can we put it in this corner? Can we put it away? <laughs> He's realizing that. I am very much a neat freak and she's very messy. Yeah, yeah. I think he was like, can we just put it in a container and take it out? And she was like, no, I just to keep them out. And I think he was looking at her like, how old are you? I think he was thinking in, oh shit, she's in her 20s. And I am a 30 something year old man. She wants to keep yep. the game stuff out. Bop. <laughs> yep. And then later on in the episode, they actually go to Danielle's apartment. So he sees where everything is. And then she makes him put on like this corn outfit and like yes. she's, or the, she's wearing a hot dog outfit. It, I mean, it's a very fun interaction, but they also have a disagreement there where mm. that, that Danielle talks about the fact that one of her friends got on her table and broke her table because they were dancing mm. on the table. And mm. I, he was just like, no, 
that's never yes. gonna happen at my house like never ever are you gonna have your friends over and they break things and she's very offended on behalf of her friends but he's like i'm not saying your friends can't come over i'm saying that when you come to someone else's house you should be respectful of their things Absolutely that's not unreasonable yeah. it's not unreasonable at all because he was saying like i'm fine with you know, people coming over just don't party until you break the furniture like and she's like oh if we're just having a good time we're just having a good time I'm like no girl if you break my table you are buying it back like, yeah exactly and you're never coming over again like not ever like, we're, not girl 22. Actress, it's, we're it's, not 22 we're not 22 it's really hard for me to believe she's actually a 28 year old woman to be honest because like she's talking like a lot of this conversation it's like she's talking like she's still in college and she's still hanging with her college friends and when you're in college you have no money so you buy cheap shit so you don't really care about your shit because it's all cheap so if somebody breaks it, it's like whatever i'll just get another 20 dollar coffee table from ikea if so much or i'll just go on the curb and get a new coffee table from someone who left it out so that's how she's talking and nick's very much no i have nice shit you can't do that like we're adults okay we're not 20 year olds in college drinking illegally at somebody's house no yeah <laughs> it's actually my note i said nick goes to danielle's apartment and realizes she's still in the college rager lifestyle and that's yes. wild that's literally my note yeah and so you said exactly that it's perfect right and then the other moment with them actually happens in between his apartment and hers which is where danielle meets nick's family so it's his mom and his oh, sister. And yes. then you realize, okay, this is what he's talking about. They're much more reserved than her family, standoffish. Mm -hmm. Danielle is super nervous, so she's talking a lot in this mm -hmm. moment. And then there's one lighthearted moment, but it's at Nick's expense when his family starts making fun of him and how clean he is. Oh, did, you, did he do this thing with you? Oh yeah, I remember <laughs> when he used to like, did he talk about the thing with the showers and how he has to shower so often? And I was like, so how often are y'all showering for this to be a problem exactly <laughs> that is the question girl that is the question it says nick shower a lot or do you shower too little because here look we're white people you never know okay you never know some of them shower every day some are like i shower once a week and once a week is not enough. it's not en nearly enough so we we need some context for the nick conversation a lot yeah, of context a bit more context there on that but Daniel also like trauma dumps all over his family because she's so nervous. Just like she ends up talking about all of her like negative stuff that's happened to her and how insecure she is. And I was like, mm -hmm. is this really what you want to be talking to your fiance's father about? How you're insecure and how you pick fights for no reason? Right. Ugh. So they're talking about the fights that they had. I'm like, why? This process is already rushed. Why would you talk to people who are already skeptical about fights that you've been having? even though you just met. I don't know. I don't People know. not smart. I don't know. I guess mm -hmm. it's an, in an effort to be open and vulnerable, but I won't be doing that shit, so. Yeah, not I, not I. But you know what? Shout out to them. But that's all we see of Nick and Danielle's episode. Just those three scenes. Mm -hmm. And those yes. three are enough for me. Exactly, um, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Mm -hmm. So I guess you should talk about Ayana and Jarrett now because they meet his parents in the next scene. Yes, so Ayanna and Jarrett meet his parents, and so Jarrett's parents have zero clue about anything. They don't know about nothing. So they finally tell Jarrett's parents that they met in the pods and that they're engaged, and so they're so ridiculously happy for him. Like, it's crazy, and they're so supportive. Jarrett's dad is a pastor, and so, like, people had been asking him to, like, officiate weddings, and he was like, it wouldn't be right 
if I officiated weddings and I didn't officiate my own son's wedding, so he asked if he could officiate their wedding. And I was like, oh, this is so cute. Honestly, like seeing Jared's parents made me like him just a little bit more. I was still very much, ew, Jared, love Ayanna standoffish for Jarrett. And then I saw this and I was like, all right, he might be cool or whatever. His parents yeah. are cool. His parents are yeah, cool. Yeah, no, his dad warm. was super mm -hmm. sweet. Like, I, I, he didn't tell them that he got engaged either. He did just do he was gone, maybe. And so he shows up with her and they were like, hello, who is yes. this woman? Okay. First of all, in a black family, you never ever pop up with someone else on your arm, no. just like that. Especially not uh -uh. for a small gathering like that. You don't do that. Mm, but anyway. give him a heads up. <laughs> heads up necessary. So then they're like, oh, who's this? Oh, Ayana, nice to meet you. And then he holds out the hand with the ring and everyone's, his dad was tearing up. I was like, that's how your yes. family loves you and mm -hmm. care for you. Like, amazing. Mm -hmm. His parents were wonderful. I love them. Yes. His parents were absolutely one. I'm just so happy for him. And just so supportive, which is, yes, I love seeing supportive ass black parents on these shows because we don't see them enough. So it was great. It was really great to see that moment. They just seemed so dead set. Yes, if this is right for you, then we support it. And we're going to be there. And we're going to show up. And we're going to support you. And I thought that was really sweet. So shout yes. out to Jared's parents. Shout out to Jared's parents. Do we want to talk about... There's only one other scene they're in, actually, after this. Do we want to talk about that? Yeah, what other scene are they in after this? With scene? the cat. With the cat. So there's... It's the date, because he also goes out in this episode, remember, to meet up with friends on Taco Tuesday. Oh, That's yes, 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 yes. So <laughs> they're just talking in the morning. He filmed this like really cute video of Ayana, like she's just waking up and she was like, get that camera out of my face. And he's like, morning, <laughs> I love you. Like very sweet stuff. Yeah. And then they were he was talking about wearing Jordans with his suit for the wedding. And she was like, oh my God, me too. Can you get me a matching pair? He was like, hell yeah, I will. Like, of course. <laughs> like, of course cute. I will. It's like, do you want to wear them like at the wedding itself or at the reception? She was like, for the reception. For the actual ceremony, I'll wear like something different. But for the reception, I do want my Jordans. And <laughs> he was like, I got you, baby. And I thought that was very cute. Very fun, yes. very cute, very black. Yes. Let's do this. And <laughs> then he is going out with his friends for Taco Tuesday. And Ayana wants to stay home. She's already said it. She's an introvert. She's a homebody. Mm -hmm. She's not trying to do nothing. Mm -hmm. And it's it's very interesting, like him going out with the friends and seeing what that looks like with the the, the partying and the dancing yeah. and the, the shots and, and you're everything. Like, this is Taco Tuesday. Since when they got shots at Taco Tuesday, <laughs> it was just so odd because I. As someone who does a lot of happy hour stuff, because mm -hmm. I like things when they're cheaper. I'm not ashamed to say mm -hmm. it. I like cheap things for it's food funner. and drink. And happy hour is just funner in general. Right? Because <laughs> it's right after work. So it's only people who are actually like happy hour people or the diehard food people from a certain time. Like you don't want to stay out too late on happy hour Tuesday right. stuff because it just mm -hmm. gets weird. Mm -hmm. So you go there for five and then you stay to like maybe eight maybe night and then you go home this dude looked like he was out all damn night like they went from spot to spot and i was like sarah what are you doing and what are you doing like, jared why are you living your life this way like he is i guess this is how he lived his life like when he was just like a single guy on the prowl just out and about almost every night and it was like jared you have a whole fiance at home what are you looking for what are you out looking for what are you doing sir but I get it. He's an extrovert. He needs that energy. Ayana's an introvert. That would be a lot of energy for her. I hope yep. it works out for them because I don't know. Listen, so do I. Because like she's on the phone with her friend at home and the friend's like, where's Jared? 
And you're like, oh, we know he's out with his friends. And she's like, but he's about to be married. He knows that, right? This is what he's going to keep doing. And Ayana kind of brushes it off. But you can tell she's concerned about this as well. That yeah. he's just out. The It was Tuesday. Are you out partying till the middle of the night Tuesday. later? I think it was like uh, 1 a.m. too when she was on the phone with her friend. And they were like, it's 1 a.m. Yeah. Like, why is it he was not like home? late. <laughs> yeah. Why is he not home? It's very weird. So we can see this is going to be a point of contention moving forward. And it's, I think that in this moment, it had never really happened before. So Ayana had not been able to study this and actually like assert herself in this moment. But they had a conversation before, like he can't be doing certain things that he's about to be a whole ass husband. She's about to be a whole ass wife. He's about to be a whole ass husband. There are certain things exactly. that in exactly. melding your lives together mean that some kind of single-ish behavior, going out is not single behavior, by the way, just saying, but there are certain things that will need to be adjusted for your partner's comfort at times. Exactly. And in this lead up to the wedding, probably shouldn't have been out till three, four, five in the morning, however long it was. But his boys, his friends were talking about it too. They were like, oh, so like you came out. That's nice. Like, you sure about this thing? You say it's real, we believe you. Like they were ride or die friends, but it was also like very funny. It was because they were like Loki calling him out. They were like, oh, yeah, we love that you came out, but this is probably a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, it was like very, oh, so like, where's Ayana? Oh, she's at home? Oh, okay. Like, they're <laughs> waiting for him to get it. So you don't think you should be at home? And I love you. You're like, you're out and this is fun, but you don't think you should be at home with your fiance still getting to know her before right. the wedding? No? Exactly. Exactly. That's the thing. They barely know each other. Like, you think going out with your friends right now is the priority? And then it's Jared says things like, oh, he wants kids, like, as soon as possible. And sorry, you think you can go out when you got kids? Like, you think you can go out till 2, 3, 4 a.m. when you got kids? Sir. She would leave his ass in a heartbeat. Yes. With the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you want to go for the Taco Tuesday? All right, you go for Taco Tuesday. I won't be here when you come back. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So I think we should do... Yes, we're hop skipping and jumping all over the place for people who are trying to do this linearly. Just because there's like micro scenes all over the place with different yeah. couples. And I'm like, I don't want to have to go through like some of this stuff. So let's do Shane and Natalie, I think. Is that what I want to do? I think so. Or Melon's. Yeah, yeah, because Mal and Sal have a much bigger storyline this entire episode because you meet Mallory's sister as well, and that's a whole thing. So let's do Shane and Natalie, and then do Shake and Deep Tea, and then yeah, okay. And these are like yeah, they're all like little scenes, so yes, exactly. That's why I was just like, ah, should we do we hop, skip, and jump? And I was like, yeah, let's do it, let's do it, it's fine. So then we go to Shane and Natalie. The one scene they really have in this is about their wedding planning where Shane wants an old-fashioned fountain to honor his dad, because that was his dad's favorite drink. And then he talks about having hot dogs and stuff as, like, their food for their wedding. And I'm like, so you want an old-fashioned fountain and a kid's buffet for your wedding? That's it? He wanted a buffet, and he wanted all these, like, dairy-filled foods. I think, did he say pizza? Like, mac and cheese? Pizza, cheese curds, all sorts of stuff. And she's, my family's lactose intolerant. What are you talking about? And it was like, oh, Lord, this is not going to work. And then he talked about having an old fashioned and his dad was like a big drinker. And Natalie's my family doesn't drink. And I was like, Ugh, I don't know. Is this family going to get along? These families going to get along? Yeah, it's a mess. Like, it was just so weird because, yes, it's both of your weddings, but you don't know anything about her family's culture or history. Like to even exactly. think that, hey, maybe having an entire buffet of cheese is not a good idea. Exactly. Just, 
not he a thing. adamant on wanting them too. He's like, please, just this one thing. Everything is just this one thing, by the way, because he said the same thing with his tuxedo cape thing, which I think she asked. Yeah. But still, everything is like, please, just this one thing, just this one thing. I just want this one thing. And it was like, Shane, how old are you? <laughs> yes, like, how old are you, sir? It was very weird. So I was like, okay, sir, what we're not going to do is, I can understand an old-fashioned fountain, but that's not how old fashions are meant to taste. So I, because he was talking about they have the champagne fountains and they have chocolate fountains and things like that. But an old fashioned fountain is not a thing for a reason, just because you have to mix the drink a certain way exactly. to get the flavor He's profile. all these vats of old fashioned and pouring it into a fountain. Yeah, very <laughs> it weird. Make, it a bit odd. <laughs> but you know what, Shane? Shout out to you. You, you spoke your truth and you talked about your dreams and we yes. are happy for you. I hope. So yes, now let's do Shake and Deep G. Just because we'll save Mal and Sal for last because they have a lot more going on there. So, Shake, of course, has a Tesla, just in case you guys are wondering. Of course. <laughs> Tesla. And so they go to Shake's apartment, which is where he and Deep T will live since Deep mm-hmm. T still lives with her parents. Shake's apartment is nice, but obviously a bachelor pad. Like, it's just like luxury, high rise sort of thing. And they talk about their future kids. They talk about the stuff that he wants to do, like with his business and opening the clinic and how that's going to work. And that's how the kids conversation comes up because they're like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we can probably financially support two or three kids, but not the six that we would want Mm -hmm. theoretically. So it's a good conversation, Mm -hmm. but I'm still sitting here wondering why he's pretending like he's going to marry her. Cause I think he's going to say no. Like, this whole time. It's like, but aren't you going to say no? You don't even want to fuck her. You're telling everyone how unattractive she is to you. Exactly. Like, why are we having these conversations? Exactly. Exactly. That's the thing. It's like, why? And he's, like, telling everyone. At this point, he's telling, like, everyone except for her. And it's like, why is this a conversation topic for literally everyone except the girl that you're supposed to marry? But he, we see his little bachelor pad or whatever. The only thing I really take from this is that he, Shake has a heated mattress pad that he turns on before he goes into bed. And I was like, that's a good idea. That's a damn good idea. <laughs> I, I literally wrote it down. I was like, he automates a lot of stuff and he has a heated mattress pad. I want the pad. Like, yes, the that's what I, I want the pad. I tweeted, I tweeted from our account and I was like, he might be onto something. <laughs> heated mattress pad, put it on before you take a shower, get all nice and warm, slip into bed, put on some Netflix. Oh, that sounds like a good ass night. Nice and toasty. I love it. Yes, I love it. Yes. But that's all we get from that's his it. place before before we go to meet his parents. And his parents are super lovely people as well. It's a surprise they have this monster of a child. It's very surprising. They are so nice, especially, and like they love Deep Tea. Like they meet her, they think she's great. They have a great dog too. Their dog's really pretty. They have a nice house. I'm like, damn, Shay's parents are really cool. What the fuck happened? Yes, but you can tell his dad is over his shit because, you know, Shake is performing at this point for Deep Tea with his family because meeting her family went so well. He has performed like his family's on the same level. Right. Mm -hmm. And so while his parents are in love and they have a great I think their relationship was also an arranged marriage, if memory serves, and they have a really good relationship. But you can just see the look on his dad's face. Sometimes when he was talking, I was like, this man is over it. He doesn't want nothing to do with you. (laughs) He cannot wait for you to fuck out of their lives. I swear to God. Yeah, I just, I think, and like his mom too, I think both of his parents 
or not afraid to call him out on his shit. Like, he probably puts on this persona, like, oh, yeah, I'm this big guy. And his parents are like, no, you're still our son, and we know you. And we're going to call you out on their shit. And I think, yes. I, remind me if I'm wrong, but I think in this episode, like, they talk a little bit about they both not dating brown people yeah. before. And Shakes, you know what? Lately, I've been thinking, maybe I just wasn't, maybe I was just dating white people to fit in. And I was like, duh! Yeah. <laughs> he said that at the table with his parents, and I was like, yeah. So welcome to the party. Oh my <laughs> welcome God. to the party. Some self-awareness. Wow. You thought you was just naturally attracted to white people, even though you grew up around brown people? Right? Yeah, apparently. But he also <laughs> talks about how much in similarities he and Deep Tea has with their story. Like, they're both born in India. They both came to the U.S. when yeah. they were, like, seven or eight. And yeah. so their story is definitely the mirroring each other in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. even when you consider their dating history. Except for the fact that I don't think Shay could have a relationship with somebody for six minutes, much less six and a half years. <laughs> right. But I digress. There's a point where we see Shay talking to his mother and he's telling the mom like everything about deeps is great she's wonderful she's perfect but i'm not feeling this animal attraction this at he keeps on talking about fucking animal attraction to her and he's falling for her but not like that in this physical attraction way and the mom was just i'm taking her side in this that's not how this goes you she deserves better so yeah. you, know, you can't get she deserves somebody who's all in for her so if you can't do that then you should leave her alone leave her right. alone Right. And it's the first time we see a woman going against her son on the show. So shout mm-hmm. out to that. Which, yeah, I definitely thought she would have just been like, oh, just try. But she no, she called him the fuck out. She was like, nah, Deep T's a great girl. And she doesn't deserve half a percent less. That's exactly what she said. Like, she deserves 100%, not even half a percent less. So if you can't give that to her, you need to leave her alone. And I was like, yep. Okay, mom. I'm like, you never see moms do, especially when a son's about to like thinking of getting married and the possibility of grandchildren is on the horizon. They're usually like, do it. Give me some children. Do it. (laughs) Give me some grandchildren. Do it. But she was like, nah, if you're not in it, don't mm -mm, leave this woman alone. She's wonderful. (laughs) I agree. I agree. We all know DP's wonderful. Obviously, she's not a perfect person, right? Because no one on the show is perfect. Otherwise, you wouldn't be on Love is Blind. But I love how supportive his mom was of her in Mm -hmm. that moment. Just as another Indian woman being like, listen, I could be seeing this way, but I'm going to call you out. his mother is also fed up of his shit it seems like both his parents are done with him so they're willing to call it like it is and i really appreciate that and so deep tea and shake's parents meeting the parents goes really well and we see that ayana meeting jared's goes really well nick and danielle meeting both parents goes really well Mm -hmm. so we have some solid great interactions coming from this Mm -hmm. but now we talk about mel and sal who does not have the same relationship. Like, meetings, Sal's sisters seem to go okay, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Let's talk about meeting the roommate first, because, of yeah. course, you go to Sal's house. He has a roommate. Yes, yes, so yes. Mallory owns her own place, just so we know, so we don't mm-hmm. actually ever see them, I think, go into Mallory's apartment or condo or whatever she owns. But they go to Sal's place to meet his roommate and hang out with him and stuff. And that was nice. There was singing and stuff. Yes. I yeah. was not a fan of that, but okay. You didn't like it? I thought it was I thought no. it was cute cuz like Sal was like an opera singer and his friend What did his friend do? His friend played I forget. Guitar? The friend was playing the guitar, but I think yes. that he's also trained as a musician in yeah, some way cuz yeah, they yeah. met in the program at school. 
Yeah, so they were like serenading, like doing a little jam session, serenading, and Maui was just there awkwardly. Oh my god, okay, huh? <laughs> That's what's so mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think it's played out. I think he's just, is everything now gonna be, I'm gonna serenade you? Because that's yeah. annoying. It's Jed from fucking like Hannah yeah. season of The Bachelorette. He does serenade her reminds her a me fucking lot. It's <laughs> a lot. Like you did it in the pods, and now we're doing it here, and then I just, and spoiler alert, there's another serenade later on down the line yeah. with another ukulele performance which yeah. i was annoyed by as well in episode nine so it's just like there's a lot going on are you gonna keep singing i know the producers ate this shit up uh, plate of rice mm-hmm. but i was not a fan i was just annoyed i'm like this is the second time you're singing for her now it's a duet god is the next time gonna be with a band i don't want that <laughs> <laughs> i don't want that i thought it was cute because it was like because it was his roommate and they were breaking out into little jam sessions singing a couple songs and they sang in spanish too which was like really cute. So I was like, okay. I don't really remember much else about the roommate. I'm just like, oh, they sang together. Okay, cool. <laughs> just, he's a guy. That's all he's I got. I didn't remember his oh, name. He was just a Caesar, dude. Caesar, <laughs> I think. I can't Maybe. Remember. I trust you. Whatever you say his name is, I believe you. You could tell me his name was Tony. I'd be like, that sounds right. Caesar Whatever you or got. Oscar or one of them. I forget. Okay. But it was a scar. Skr. <laughs> Skr, right? Skr. Oh, yeah. So that's that goes really well. I guess if you like singing, that went fine. But meeting Mallory's sister, who was like a second mother to her, did not go quite as well. No, it did not. She was tearing into them, basically. She was yep. not convinced. She was not. She was a hard skeptic. Like, she was not convinced about them whatsoever. And she even ended up saying, look, I don't even know if I can... They, they asked for a blessing and she was like, I don't even know if I can do that. <laughs> yeah, she was like, no, I'm not going to do it. She said, no, because no. I don't know you. She's like, I don't know you. I don't know him. You're getting married like in, in a week and a half. Can you want me to be like all gung-ho for this? She's like, no, I don't know him. I don't know this man. I don't know his family. Do you even know his last name? She asked, like, do you even know his last name, what he does? <laughs> and I was like, okay. This would also be me and my mom in yeah. real life. My mom would definitely not be okay with me just disappearing for a couple of weeks and then coming back like surprise i have a fiance we're getting married in two weeks like that's not a thing no not a thing at all my mom need my mom wouldn't either she would be so skeptical like firing off a bunch of questions and just not believing anything so that was basically what mallory's sister was like i understand though like you come Mm -hmm. to a week and a half before you get married and like by the way i'm getting married and she's just still sis no no pretty much so yeah so they yeah she's she kind of challenges them and then they're like yeah we don't know if she's gonna show up <laughs> yeah mallory's obviously heartbroken because she said like her sister's like a second mother to her, her sister helped mm-hmm. to raise her because she's mm-hmm. older and then it's like sal and his itm was a lot more flip about it he was like i asked for a blessing and she said no so i guess we'll see and i was like this is not the kind of thing that you can take a passive approach to this is a, I need to spend as much time with my fiance's exactly. family as possible to make it's them comfortable very, with me. It's very weird that that wasn't the reaction. It's very weird that they weren't like, we know you don't know him, but you can spend some time with him over the next week or, st- or so and make an effort to spend time with each other. But I feel like it was very weird that she was like, I don't know him. And they were all right. See <laughs> yeah. You at the wedding, maybe. They must have cut out a lot of shit they to make have. that be the edit, but... There's no way. There's absolutely no way. Especially with how protective her sister was, there's no way that she would have not had a conversation with Mallory aside from Sal that would have been worth being shown or anything. So I think 
one thing I hate about the editing this season is that they're really focusing on the drama. Like, yes. last season, you could see the Cameron and Lauren love story unfolding. Like, even Amber and Barnett, as much as I didn't really like them, like, they had an obvious love story that was unfolding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their conflict was more in line with the Jared and Ayana conflict. That made yeah. more sense to me. Mm-hmm. But all this other stuff is just not working out. I'm not a fan. Yeah, it's like they cut only the most dramatic moments together and not... there's. It's like when we're doing our sweet and sours, there's barely any sweet moments. Because they cut all the drama together and then say, okay this is their relationship and in some people i believe it like nick and danielle i totally believe it so i don't know maybe it was just to balance that out too because maybe they argued a lot and then it just seemed like nobody else was arguing compared to that maybe but i heard a rumor that they cut out a lot of sal and mal's arguments from this and that they argued a lot more that we didn't get to see on screen yes i heard that Ooh. too especially about the mm. episode coming up next Ooh, we got some yep. tea. We gotta talk about that, but we'll save that for next week. So we're covering episode eight with all the drama that comes with that next week. And then we're covering Joe Millionaire. The finale is this Thursday, so it's going to be great. And also next Tuesday is the finale for The Bachelor. Not that Lexus and I have seen even a minute of the season, but I guess if something interesting happens, we might casually mention it while we're covering episode eight of Love is Blind. But that's all I got. Somebody did message us or tweet us and they asked if we were covering the women's tell-all. Y'all, I have zero clue what's going on. Like, zero. Even if I were to watch the women's tell-all, I would have zero clue what they were talking about. No, we were not watching the women's tell-all. Zero clue what's going on. If y'all know the tea, let us know. Other than that, I really don't care about these blonde women. Actually, I don't even care. Don't even tell me the tea. You can tell Lex if she really wants to know, but don't tell me, because I genuinely don't care what happened at the women's tell-all. I really don't. No, it just sounds like a more of (laughs) Yes. I'm just not interested at all. Not interested in, I honestly have not, I thought I would have been like peeking into the season out of curiosity, but I'm not interested. Like at all, Love is Blind is so much more interesting. Like Everything yeah. else on TV is so much more interesting than The Bachelor right now. So we'll see. They might get us back for The Bachelorette, but we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, let's just, so my sweet moment is Jarrett's dad's reaction to Ayana and offering to marry them. That was very sweet to me. What was mm-hmm. your sweet moment for episode seven? I'm going to say, what was my sweet? Yeah, there wasn't a lot of different sweet moments. I'm going to say meeting Jarrett's parents. I'm going to say that is my sweet moment because they were really like so welcoming, so accepting, like it. It was really cute. It was really cute. Yes. What was your sour moment? Uh, I, I, so because of how this episode played out, there's a lot of things that like happen, but it's not really a big deal. So I don't really have a sour moment per se, unless we're going to continue. No, my sour moment is Sal confronting Jarrett at the beach party, which is not really like a sour moment, but I was like, this is very awkward timing. And then I also have an It's Sweet Me moment, which is Shane's parents being fed up of his shit. So yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, you mean Shake's parents, right? Like Shake's mom. Yes, yeah, Shake's parents. Yeah. Yes. That's an It's Sweet Me moment. That's, that's Sweet Me bad. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to say my sour moment is Shake in general. <laughs> it just really grinds my gears how much he talks about like, not being attracted to deep tea, not being attracted. I'm not, I have this emotional t- connection, but I'm not attracted to her. I'm not attracted to her. I'm not attracted to her. And sir, leave her alone. Just leave her alone. Shit. Or tell her, talk to her or something. Like, why are you telling everybody but her? 
So that's my sour moment. It's just shake in general. It's just a sour blotch. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's true. The email this week is something that we probably shouldn't talk about because it, it involves the reunion commentary. Only one sentence, but I don't really want to get into that. I will say that I started watching The Courtship and episode one of The Courtship was great. Yeah. I will probably talk more about it next week because we'll see how the second episode pans out just to see if it's going to keep that momentum. But I see that we did get some responses to our poll on Spotify. Yes, we certainly did. Y'all did not hold back. So for our poll, we asked best couple name. I'm going to start with the lowest to the highest. So 0% of you said Mallory and Salary. So none of you agree with me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for calling me out. 13% of you said Mal and Sal, which I also like saying Mal and Sal too. So 25% said salary and also another 25% said what the fuck, none of these. (laughs) And then 38% of you said Malvador. So I guess Malvador wins for best. Malvador, like Matador. Yeah. I win. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) You win, Jen. You win. And then, so we asked you, what should we get? with our $40. Merita said liquor. And Junkie Brownbutt said, support a local black or POC business, which we are a black or POC business. Yay, Yay. we did it. (laughs) We did it. I'm tired of us. I'm not really, but like, I'm also tired of us. We listened to our advice. We listened to your advice, Junkie Brownbutt. But yes, we can probably spend it on liquor. Ooh, we can spend it on a new, a bottle for our cocktail of the week. Yes, yes. We're. I've been thinking about that, like going forward. I'm like, cocktail of the week this season didn't seem to really work or make sense just because of the nature of the show. There's no. Most people are not watching with us. They were just binging and then watching or listening to our commentary afterwards. Yeah. But we'll see what happens for the next show. If yes. there is another show that we're going to follow next season, it might, you know, require some of that. Bridgerton's coming up. Maybe we'll just have a classy cocktail. We sip every time Bridgerton's on. Who knows? I don't know. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, and Bridgerton cocktail. themed cocktail. Yes. I've been working on lavender syrup, like lavender Ooh. simple syrup Ooh. to use in cocktails. That I don't know. Goofy. Maybe something very can happen. Yeah. Very fancy, yeah. very Bridgerton y. That sounds nice. Yes, so I will think about it. If I come up with something, I will let y'all know. If any Black-owned wine or liquor companies want to sponsor us by sending us a couple bottles of their shit, I'm also down with that. Just saying. (laughs) We we will promote you and use your liquor to make our drinks. Yes, we will make drinks with your... We'll make up something. We're not mixologists, but we can drink. Hey, I'm a mixologist. I watched enough shows with bars in them that clearly I am a top tier bartender and mixologist at this point. I'm also a surgeon, a la Grey's Anatomy, ER, and oh. all those other shows. So really, guys, yes. I'm I'm a doctor and a mixologist. I'm, I'm a triple threat. And a bartender I do it all. and a podcast host. Like, what, what can't you do? What, what can, can I do? do I do it all. I'm great. <laughs> but that's all I have for this week. There's a lot of stuff I'll just save for next week because it's not time sensitive. So mm. 
What about you, Lex? You got anything you want to say? No, not really. I have watched Up to the Weddings, so I know who ends up with who. I'm not going to say it. I am very surprised, though. Very surprised. Very su- I'm about to watch the reunion. I heard it's a hot mess. I cannot wait. So for when we get there, especially when we get to talk about it, Ooh, girl, we are going to have a discussion. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. going to talk a lot. If y'all haven't watched the weddings or the reunion, I think I was the last person on the planet to watch the weddings and the reunion, to be honest with you. But if you haven't yet, please go watch it. <laughs> so that when yes. we do talk about it, you can join it. <laughs> Don't worry, you're not the last person. One of my friends in California is actually just getting into Love is Blind, so he just started oh watching God. it yesterday. So oh don't God. worry. He'll you're be done by not tomorrow. Alone. It's fine. <laughs> but he, his commentary is very similar to ours in that he also hates Shane and Shake yeah. and all of that. Which it's hard to not hate them. Like, I think we said so before, but producers have said they got a much more favorable edit than they thought so these people are actually even worse in real life (laughs) so i do not feel bad about talking bad about them like at all especially if they're worse in real life like they deserve it so yes yeah that's it for me oh yes i'll say happy international women's day we're recording this on international women's day shout out to us as black women we're amazing and all you people who listen who are also women the men y'all be all right yeah, it'll be alright. But thank you, women and people who support women, for listening. Happy International Women's Day from me, Lex, and Jen. Wear the black Catch you next time. Bye.